McNulty's done incredibly well to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. Bosby are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, scores yeah. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They've won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Poppy fans and welcome to the PO4 Forecast episode 38. Well there's a lot, a lot of stuff that's gone on in the summer. Transfers coming in, players going out and with me today is Pompey News Now, Freddie Webb. How are you Freddie? How's it going Hugh? You alright? I'm great mate. Even better to have you on the podcast. Oh that's very kind of you. Very kind of you. No, it's always always great to have you on Freddie Um, and I know people like listening to you. You've got a really analytical brain and um, yeah it's great to have you on the show. I do. I try. I do my best. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay. Let's just get into it. So basically, what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the players we've had, we've got in, uh, analyze every player, uh, have a bit of chit chat around that. Briefly mention the players that have gone out because let's be honest, yesterday's news. But we've got to register that. And then after that, we'll just do a little roundup of who we think, you know, what sort of teams we think could be challenging Pompey for. Obviously, we're going to be champions this season, right, Freddie? Oh, of course, we are. No, no doubt in my mind. No doubt think, in my mind. I think that's reflected on Twitter as well. <laughs> I think no, everyone's fair, in it, agreement. No, but looking in certain sections, you'd think the world's going to end, even though we signed a load of good players. But, that's yeah. it. You've got sort of Armageddon gifts going on at the moment. Oh, but, precisely. Um, yeah, let's get this. Um, let's go for it. So let's start from the back, because as we all know, Kenny Jacket builds a good team from the back. So let's start with, um, let's start with James Bolton. I think he was the first one in. If I'm correct, um, came yeah, in he was as a, our first signing. Yeah, he basically came in, didn't he, as a direct replacement sort of for um, Nathan Thompson, even though Nathan Thompson hadn't officially left, he had. Um, and I think, well, just to be honest, Shrewsbury fans are gutted he left, weren't they? Yeah, well, I heard, I heard that they were, but I think the, pro- the problem with the Bajones Bolton transfer, since, they imme- since Pompey fans immediately compared it to Nathan Thompson, who was such an incredible player last season, they're immediately going to assume that uh, Paul Sylvain's going to look at it on paper and go, oh, it's a free signing from Shrewsbury, and then, and then roll their eyes, and then, and then look, oh, he, d- he doesn't go forward that much, and he's very defensive, and then think it's a bit negative. But I, I like the signing on a free. No, I think it's a good signing, and I think they, they ran a poll at the end of the season, and I don't know the other uh, players that were involved, but it was, you know, who do you want to keep his contracts running out? And I know that he won 98% of the poll. Um, oh, really? And, yeah, and if you look at it in a sort of yes-no scenario, and if you, you know, we know what football fans are like as well, you usually get a fickle minority, so that's pretty conclusive. But I think he's he's one of those players that he comes in for me almost like when Lee Brown came in and you had gas fans saying you know he couldn't run he couldn't get forward really he's a very defensive minded fullback and I disagree I I think Brown's given us some extra width on on that on that side it it, it, it certainly helps when you've got a partnership between the winger and the fullback even even if 
Lee Brown on paper is a very defensive fullback. Curtis gives him all, all, all the space and the time and the option to go forward if he wants to, but he's also defensively responsible. So you get the best of both worlds there. I, I could I could see James the, the same thing happening with James Bolton with Jamal Lowe or Marcus Harness on that wing. I think it'll, yeah. I think it'll go really well. And you can see that he's got the ability. I mean, he scored that goal. Who's it against, Freddie? Who's that cup goal? I'm putting you on the spot now. Oh, it was. Can you remember? No, I definitely can't. We'll look it up in a minute. We'll look it up in a minute. But he's got the ability. He's six foot um, and he's a, he's right footed. He's 24 years old. And we look at these signings and we think there's a bit of a trend coming in here with Kenny Jacket. I know he it, said it, he wants to it, sign it, players of a certain age. It is definitely a trend with Kenny Jacket. If you if you look at the lot of the players, it's the players that are entering their prime around 22, 23. They've played a fair number of games. But Portsmouth will get the best out of them, go right up to the end of their prime. And, it, and if um, a club comes in with an inflated fee, then we'll sell them. And that's how a lot of successful clubs have based it around nowadays. Look at Barnsley last season. Yeah. They've sold a lot. They've sold a lot of their players, and they and they used. Potentially a, a money ball aspect where, where you, you take players that are, they sign players that other people f- think there's no value there, but then get the most out of them and sell them. So I, ho- I hope Portsmouth can do the same thing as well. No, I think so. And we talk about wage structure, Freddie, and I'll just quickly you know tap on this because I don't want to get stuck on it. But a lot of Pompey fans are sort of you know thinking, can we afford to pay the sort of wages that other clubs have so Rotherham for instance who aren't the most glamorous of clubs should we say um come in and manage to pay the wages for Freddie Labardo when we when we can't from Plymouth and we you know have a disagreement on how much should be paid they've Do they've you, also had two seasons worth of championship prize money and the of TV. course of course but do you think it's more on the level you look at Bolton and we're going to come on to Downing next and both of them on a free but have been offered three-year contracts which is fairly long for a a player playing in league one isn't it it is fairly long, but with free, especially with free agents, if you want the if you want a free agent and you have to persuade them, you either got to pay over the nose like um, Lapadu did with Rotherham, or you give them extra term. So so Paul Dowling can set himself up in Pompey for three years plus, and for a play, and for a player in his in his late twenties, that's exactly what they want. Yeah, precisely. And I think that is a transfer strategy, as I'm just saying. It is a trend going through what Pompey have done, really. So mm. downing again, three years. And James Bolton, 24 years old, six six foot, uh, 41 games last season, three goals, one assist. He got those two goals against Stoke, I think, that I've just yeah. looked up. Okay. The famous one. Three goals, one assist. So he's not, for Shrewsbury, being you know, a dynamic sort of fullback. However... Shrewsbury weren't a dynamic team last season, were they? They sat no, back, they defended, they are a really rugged physical team. And I don't think that their fullbacks are expected to get forward as much as, say, Lee Brown, Nathan Thompson will for us. Yeah, precisely. And in a way, I don't mind if our fullbacks don't have the best records for assists. It all comes down to is their link up play good with the winger? Have they got high enough crossing percentage? And if if you look at last season, look at Jamal Lowe's record with with seventeen goals, five assists, for example. If the if the front four have good seasons, then Portsmouth will easily score enough goals to get promoted. I haven't got a doubt about that. So all I want from my from Pompey's defence is to be like last season, extremely reliable because Jacket will insert in certain games sit back on a one 0 lead and all the pressures on them. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I I want the defence defence to be. As responsible as possible, but the, but this season, hope that we can score enough goals. 
Yeah, no, I agree. So what we do is we're going to rate the signings out of five stars. So what do you give the James Bolton signing? Uh, I, I would give it around three stars. I, I honestly didn't see him, didn't see a lot of him last season, so, so I was a bit on the fence about it. But we needed another right back. As as much as other people like Anton Walks, he frustrates me sometimes. He's very good going forward. He's got he's very good passing, but again, I would rather have a more dispensively responsible fullback at right back. So I think James Bolton is a three star signing for Pompey. I'm also going to give him three stars as well. Although I do I do like Anton Walks. I just think that he's a player again that will just keep developing his game and has the potential to have quite a high ceiling if he reaches that potential. Yeah, that precisely. Sense. Precisely. He, he, he's the sort of player that will get there eventually. You just have to slow, it'll just be a slow development and mm. it'll be very frustrating in the meantime. <laughs> True. But if he doesn't meet that high ceiling, he would be, it'll be, he's got the, He's got the ability to be a fa- you know, fantastic player just due to his athleticism and his control and his you know ability going forward. If he can just add that solid defensive element to his game, we're going to see Anton you know be a real threat from right back. Yeah, precisely. Right, let's go. Not about Anton Walks now. So let's go to Paul Downing. So he signs on a free again, three-year contract, centre back, twenty-seven years old. He's six-one, which is average for a centre back. Maybe a little bit short in some ways. Yeah. Um, he's right-footed. He played. On loan to Doncaster for the second half of last season, um, 20 games, no goals, no assists, but he's, he's a centre-back. A bit of news on on Downing himself. Um, before he signed, I, I got a tip-off a couple of weeks before that, you know, it was it was on as such, mm-hmm. um, speaking to friends. And I know from a, from a Doncaster reporting source, should we say, that he was only ever talking to us and Doncaster. He oh, wasn't really? interested. Ah. Yeah. He wasn't interested in signing elsewhere. Um, it shows that Ports will still have a pull for certain players, even though with all the transfer cycles and stuff, Ports have missed out on a lot of players. Mm-hmm. But, but I, in circumstances, I'm, gl- I'm glad that the club still has that pull for certain players and free agents. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people seem to think that we don't have any of that sort of, you know, that pull, that magic anymore. Everyone just mm-hmm. doesn't want to come here. But in, in the case of Downing, I heard that it was a case that he wanted to come here, but he was willing to listen to offers from Doncaster, um, which frustrated McCann, who was there at the time, their manager, as he felt that we were, you know, prizing him away and offering him so much money. But mm-hmm. in realistic terms, he, he just wanted to come here over Doncaster. Oh, of course. And who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah, precisely. In Doncaster, lovely ground, apparently. Lovely. Oh, I've been, I, I've been, I went there years ago. It was actually my favourite game I've ever seen live. It was in the Championship. It was the game where um, Portsmouth won 4 3. Didn't deserve to win that game whatsoever. We were 3 1 down. Greg Halford scoring two penalties. And Marco Futax, if you remember him. I do. With your Portsmouth trivia, he, he, scored, he scored last kick of the game. I was, I, I was all over the place. What a ledge. Mm. Um, again. I rate him slightly above your lookalike, a Vicky Mourner. <laughs> oh, definitely not a lookalike, but he, he, definitely my standard of footballer. <laughs> yeah, I'll back you up. Freddie's not a Mournar lookalike. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, so Downing, so he wasn't making the Blackburn team as such, who fairly strong squad at the back in defence. Um, goes to Donny. He was very solid last season at Doncaster. Did you watch him very much last season? Uh, I watched him a bit, considering that Doncaster were racing up the playoffs. But uh, again, with the with the comparison thing, all our transfers are going to be compared to good players we either still have or have gone. So, uh, so looking at any sort of centre back, you'll compare a lot of fans will compare him immediately to Matt Clark and go, "Oh, he's nowhere near." And yeah, he might not have the same ability, magical ability as Matt Clark for going forward, 
and passing, but again, if he's defensively responsible, I see him working out really well. I think our first team, first team centre half partnership will be Burgess and Downing next season. And I think that will work really well. So that's interesting because we're gonna we'll move on in a second to the third defensive signing that we got for the season. Um, obviously a little bit different, but before we get on to that, what do you rate this this signing then, Freddie? Are you excited? Do you uh, rate it? I'm going to go uh, three and a half stars this time. Yeah, right? I was I was thinking around that. A, a, a solid a solid signing, solid first first team choice. Yeah, three, I'm going to go three and a half. I wanted to say four actually, but I'm going to I'm going to hold that back in case I want to give someone four but not five stars. If that makes mm. sense. Mm, yeah, a bit like you don't generally give out ten out of tens when people ask you how fit someone is. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. All right. So we'll do that. Three and a half stars. He's, I think it's a decent signing again, and and I know it's a free transfer, which doesn't sound that jazzy, but it's it's a great bit of business. No, no. For, uh, well, Brett Pittman was a free transfer last season. Free transfers can uh, can easily it can easily change a club. So it, yeah. it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how much money you spend on a player. If it, it, it all depends on if he's the right player. For the right for the right position, yeah, for sure. Um, let's get on to on to Sean Raggett. Uh, again, he's a bit younger. Came up from Lincoln, got that move to Norwich, which was a sort of that that dream move. You know, dynamic team. Um, I spoke to God. I I say it was his name. He's going to kill me. Don't worry about. It. I spoke to a, a, <laughs> one of the Rotherham guys. I was speaking to, mm. and he was telling me that you know. They had him on loan from from Norwich last season, um, and he is what well, he says a real complete defender. He's got a bit of a nasty streak to him, but doesn't tend to get sent off as such. Um, he's very physical. He's strong. He can pass the ball out fine. He is a no nonsense defender, so he's not going to take the ball out. I'd say like not like Jack Watmore or or, or yeah, you know, Clark yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He's not. I could imagine not a, that. And he's there's... not. He's not a cultured defender. No, no, not at all. But I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think you need two culture defenders. Last season, Ports have had the the luxury of having two, possibly three, with Burgess, Watmore, and Clark, who could all play the ball out from the defence. But but really, for me, I, I I think if you had one ball playing defender and then one 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 no nonsense centre half to clean up clean up after him, it'll work fine. It'll work I think- fine. Especially in League One, because let's be honest, people were just complaining the defense was just hoofing it out anyway, which completely mitigated that sort of yeah, um, yeah. that mo- skill mo- anyway. Yeah, mo- most of the time, uh, a lot of the games I went, I-, I went to, I went to a lot of away games, and most of the time when it revolt- reverted to more long ball, was like at the sixty-minute mark where a lot of the players, due to putting in a hundred percent, were absolutely knackered. I think Bradford was the perfect example. Mm-hmm, where yeah. one nil up got 65 minutes Kenny Jacket didn't put on a sub and you could tell that Jamal Lowe and Ronan Curtis were absolutely spent so so they it, you lost you lose the battle in midfield then to mitigate that you just don't need to put a long ball to Oliver Hawkins and if Oliver Hawkins has two centre halves on him he's not the favourite to win the ball and link up the play is he? No so. And that's why we need more squad depth. And I think especially at centre-back this season, we're looking a lot stronger, I'd say. I know people are saying we lost Matt Clark. Yes, he's obviously a lot better than the players we've got. I recognise that. Matt Clark was always going to go. Um, and Absolutely. There was, and, no, there was no doubt about that at all. But, but I don't feel that losing a you know premiership quality centre-back in League One is as bad as saying living, losing your premiership quality central midfielder or a, or striker or something. Mm. We, we've managed to put, replace him adequately, but I really do think we'll miss 
that partnership of Clark and Watt and the Watmore. Honestly, that partnership was probably the best centre half partnership I've seen at Pompey since Campbell and Distan. Yeah. So yeah. Re- re- really, I, I can't imagine. I think that Portsmouth tactically will change a bit. It might go go more route one because, well, the centre halves can't contribute to the midfielders for playing out from the back as much. But we'll have to wait and see for that. See what Kenny Jacket does. No, I agree. I think he needs that style as well. I do think he needs to utilise and rotate the squad a bit more than last season in order not to get that fatigue you're talking about at 60 I, minutes. I, I think we have the depth this season, which we'll go on to with all the other transfers. Yeah. And maybe if we pick our starting 11s, we can see it'll give more of an idea of how much depth Portsmouth actually have. Yeah, anyway, no, for sure. Anyway, back to Sean Raggett. Back to Sean Raggett. What, yeah, how, doing my job for me. I'm just going to say... I'm just going to say quickly about Sean Raggett that the Rotherham's guy said to me that if you can keep him fit, he would be in his top two or three centre-backs, he reckons, for next season in the league. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so just putting that out there, he's he thinks he's better than Downing and he thinks he's better than what we've got already. So we'll see. But, yeah, good signing. I want to go three and a half stars as well. I think that you can't... Actually, I'm going to go three stars. Um Three and a half on maybe quality, but because he's not on a permanent transfer, which I think, you know, Downing is, yeah, we, I'll, give, do, him, I'll we, give him half a star have, less. Don't we have the clause where we can sign Raggett at the end of the season? I think we have that. And there's no recall in January, so that's no, what, that always helps. There is no recall, but I just think players settle better if they've been given that contract and, you know, that face being put in them. I, I don't believe Norwich wouldn't have let him go in the first place. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But when I spoke to um, a Norwich contact of mine who... You know, got the gig right in the program at Norwich and um, that kind of stuff. He said to me that there's no reason why Norwich wouldn't have sold him to us straight away. They're not holding on for him to be the next thing, for instance. At, yeah, at yeah, especially, especially if they stay in the Premier League this season. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Raggett playing for them. No. Uh, I would rate Raggett the same as Downing, three stars. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they're they're both responsible centre backs, and I think they're nice buys. They're, yes. They're not as cultured as Matt Clark, and I'll miss Matt Clark the most out of all the players who will probably leave. But hey ho, we'll see. We'll see how um, Portsmouth do defensively next season with those. Yeah. So we've done the defence, yeah. We have. We, 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 well, we've done Bolton, Downing, and Raggett. We now we're onto the midfield. Yep. Let's go for it. So let's go for the slightly less jazzy signing of Ryan Williams, who obviously again ex Rotherham comes in I spoke to the, the guy the Rotherham correspondent and he said to me basically that they're so disappointed with him because his stats are, are pretty terrible don't yeah that, that, was the fir- that was the first thing whenever, whenever I heard fans say why are we so, why are we signing a right winger with what was it with two or one assists I think yeah I can't really get it for us but but the he's it was more than that though that he spoke to me and said he runs a lot but he doesn't have very much end product um his game his game was sort of finished and um Rotherham really gave him a good shot. You know, they, they sort of gave him a run of games, even though he wasn't playing well and put him out there. And he got into the Australia side on the back of that, just playing in, in the championship. Okay. And yeah. um, then he also came round and, and basically said that he wasn't going to stay at Rotherham because he thinks he was good enough to be in the championship. And, <laughs> and then he turns up at, at look, look how that Look how that turned out. That sounds similar to Nathan Thompson, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, it was that. But it was, and what was the other thing he said about? He said that... He wanted to leave Rotherham because he wanted to move closer to his family, basically, which is further up north to the west. And then he moves down south. And then he moves to Portsmouth. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
it's just another example of circumstances change. I, I don't mind the Ryan Williams signing. I didn't mind it at the beginning. I was slightly underwhelmed. But as a depth option at right wing or left wing, I don't mind him at all. I don't mind him at all. And he's playing in League One this season, so so maybe the drop maybe the drop in level will help him out if he plays. Well, so you think that, don't you? But I'm going to look at his stats and play devil's advocate. In League One for Rotherham, 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. 45 matches played, four goals, eight assists. Championship, 39 matches played, one goal, two assists. Yeah. Playing for an attacking winger, that's not promising. However, no, it, it's not promising, but again, it's a different circumstance, I think, for well, Rotherham in the Championship. They're always fighting for every point and so on. They'll have less of the ball, generally, because of it, the other teams are just better. So, for for me, I think the, I think the dropping down, it'll help Williams a fair bit, but Considering the other options we have, I don't. I, I don't think he'll start that much. I'd rather mm. have other players starting. So, but I think he'd be a good squad piece, and I think that we, as we said, you know, look how tired Jamal looked at the end of the season last season. Oh, he yeah. looked absolutely no, it, knackered, you know. No, but especially especially in those playoff games, he was a shadow of the player. Or same with Ronan Curtis. Ronan Curtis, that was his first full professional season, and he played the vast majority of games apart from his stint with the finger injury. And he looked exhausted and his confidence went because he wasn't playing as well because he was exhausted. But he also played so. earlier on in the season, didn't he? He played the Ireland season and then had a week's break and then played the whole season. So, oh, he, effect- okay. so he effectively played a one and a half, one, two third seasons because mm. the Ireland season runs into the summer. So basically he played that season and then went straight into pre-season with us. Yeah, precisely. So you so, can so see think, how tired he was. Yeah, precisely. I, I, I think if if Ryan Williams can he play left wing? Do you know? Um, I've heard he can play both sides, but I think he's better on the right. Oh right, okay. But he can play both sides. I think he's a flexible signing, if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. Who can I, fit I, him? Yeah, because because looking on paper, we've got a lot of options at right wing, especially since Jamal Lowe's still here, and less options at left wing. But we'll have to see what Jacket does with Ryan Williams and how often he uses him. But again, yeah. u- useful squad player, but. Can play ten as well if needs be. Apparently, so okay. <laughs> so many other players can play ten as well. I but, can play ten, by the way. Oh, oh do you? No, I, 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 my position was always right back on the bench. No, I'm a centre back, <laughs> holding midfielder, mate. I just thought mm. I'd say I could play ten because why not? No, um, it, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Moving on. All right, Mona, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan Williams, what do you give him out? What's your star rating? Uh, I would say two and a half. Again, a squad player. It, I prefer. I do prefer that this time we do have our depth that's not out on loan, so so Williams can play, feel properly part of the squad. Whereas last time we had to rely on Andre Green and David Wheeler, and they might not have been as committed. So yeah, so yeah, two and a half stars for me. For Andre Andre Green wasn't committed. No, no, not he was not committed. But you you do get that with loan players to a certain degree, thinking over their shoulder. Oh, if I play really well here, then I can in the in December you can go back to. Villa and potentially get back in the side there. Well, I argue, I think you could say that potentially he wasn't that committed. I mean, I know Pompey were particularly annoyed when he came in and the whole injury and the rehab mm. and everything. Mm. And then Pompey got him completely fit, didn't they? Really? Mm. He just started firing and then suddenly Villa took him back. I mean, of course, if really weren't happy with how he dealt with it, really. No, no. It's come back. No, it, it's a personal preference for me. I do, I, I, I do like loan signings, but I wouldn't rely on them for, for a lot of depth. Honest, if it was me managing anyway. Should we do McCory? Well, yes, of course. Excellent player, by the sounds yep. of it. Yeah. So, um, 
if you haven't listened to it already, go back and listen to the last episode of the podcast. I've sat down with um, Stevie from Four Lads Had a Dream, and uh, it's a big Rangers blog, podcast, etc. They've got a lot, lots of links with Rangers Football Club as well. Um, really nice guy, knows his stuff, and he's talking about you know Ross McCrory. And this is on that we recorded on the Friday um, before he made his debut. Well, not his debut before he played um, at the weekend. It did really well. I think, you know, Neil Allen and everyone, all the pundits down there were saying, you know, man of the match and he was the only bright shining star. Um, mm-hmm. He plays, he plays predominantly in that, in the holding midfield role. Yeah. Um, so he plays in that role, doesn't he? We're, we're alongside say Tom Naylor or Ben Close. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see that he started with Ben Close at the weekend and Tom Naylor dropped back into centre back. That, that is interesting. Well, considering what, what did the... you say? What do you feel about that generally? Well, considering that we, we effectively have three centre halves again, since of Watmore's injury, You'll have to wait and see how how it goes with that. So we got Downing, Raggett, and Burgess. So sometimes, if we have a horrible horrible luck with injuries, Naylor might have to drop back and play centre half because he's played that before at Burton at the Championship. But then again, if you have McCrory and Naylor, those holding midfielders, that might be too defensive. But I yeah. think I, I think McCrory can slot in next to next to either of them. I generally think he 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 is the Ben Thompson equivalent of this season. Yeah, so what what I'm hearing from Rangers fans generally, as I was talking about, is that he's the sort of player that he never shies from a 50-50. He'll get stuck in. He'll win the ball back. I know they had um, Rangers had a, a sort of historic victory over Celtic this season just past, mm-hmm. and McGorry um, was man of the match and played an you know integral part of that. By just nothing got through him, and he then gets the ball, looks, gets his head up, and plays the I'd say a simple but effective pass forward. So he's not. Yeah. He's not going to be spraying balls everywhere, but he will pick the ball up, win it back, and then look, get his head up and, and look for the pass to the more cultured um, players in the team. Yeah, and, and that's precisely what you need, especially if he's playing next to Ben Close. You'll get, give, ben, give Ben Close the license to go forward. Yeah, and, yeah, and do, and do the more adventurous passes. Tidy, tidy player is what mm. um, I've heard, and also, so he's not going to be like hitting a long range shot from outside the box or whatever. But he he will be looking to to play the the player in who's got a better chance of scoring. And I've heard he's got quite a good head on him as well. And um, he played twenty games at Rangers last season, which is no no small feat to be honest. Mm. Um, obviously he was scouted and he's a Rangers fan, Rangers through and through, and mm-hmm. they see it they yeah. see him as future Rangers captain, genuinely. Another well. comparison to Ben Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he sounds very much like Ben Thompson and he's very much sold on coming here and going back to Rangers in a year's time. There's no, he doesn't have any intention of staying here. So mm. despite all this rubbish that some of the beat writers wrote about, you know, we've got a clause or Portsmouth have the first option. doesn't matter. I might have the first option on dating some random girl, but let's be honest, if she's married someone else and moved to the Bahamas, it doesn't make any difference, does it? Yeah, so, exactly. It, 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 if- if if they're not interested they're not interested precisely and he wants to go and play for rangers and you know the rangers media are talking him up to be potentially the the next you know real rangers boy who's going to captain his side i don't think he's going to want to play here and no 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 no. you know but what we can do is keep him i do know that they're saying they're not there is a recall option in january i'll put that out there first all right, so, so we get get everybody scared again <laughs> that, that we're going to go yeah. on a horrendous run after Christmas. Yeah, there is a really cool option in January, but I do know that Gerard and Co are not expected to use it. They've got five or six, no six decent, I think five or six decent centre midfielders, including their um, squad large. Is it, yeah, it's including Arebo as well. Yeah, they just oh, signed right. from Charlton. Um, Very interesting. We'll see how he does. 
yeah. But um, so, yeah, he needs some game time and he's come here and he's seen how Ben Thompson's developed. And also we're saying that we can develop some of his attacking side of the game as well. And I think Gerard saw what happened last season um, with Thompson, with our midfielders generally and how we deploy them in that system. And he thinks that will really fit him. So I know he turned down Sunderland as well to come to us. <laughs> Always a nice thing. And Always I know, a nice thing to get one over on them. I know the report said in the national press and you know our local press that they came in late and then he said, no, I've already spoke to Kenny Jacket. Mm. But according to the Rangers lot, Sunderland have been talking to him since January and they tried to buy him for <laughs> two and a half million. Um, <laughs> oh, really? They, they, yeah. they really do raise him then. Yeah. And, what, uh, what, one thing, though, with McCrory, I thought, I, I thought of something that might be a bit different. It'll require a change of formation. What would you think if Jacket played a 4-3-3, but the midfielders were McCrory, Naylor and close slightly further forward in a similar in a similar way to if you think about Liverpool where they've got Ryan Wijnaldum Milner and I can't remember who the other centre midfielder is that's really bad hang on Uh, no I can't remember who that other centre midfielder is who usually plays for Liverpool I I don't watch that much Premier League no neither do I we watch enough League One football and Championship up Mm -hmm. Um, yeah no I'm up for that do you see the Barnsley game when they played we played three in midfield uh, which one was it away at home, at home? no I wouldn't have done I, I saw the away game okay so we played three in midfield including one of them was those three was Brim Morris mm. and it's the best game I've seen him play because apart from that he's been a bit well, oh wait now that you mentioned it, I did, but if it was a midweek game I might have watched it on that horrible iFollow site I would have I, I, I would have watched it I think it was a Saturday I remember mm-hmm. being there and it was sunny and you know we had that penalty that Omar Bogle blazed over the bar oh um, yeah I remember now yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm stuck up north so thankfully, thankfully I didn't see that but, yeah Viv yeah. Solomon Otterbar played a you know, quality game before, and probably the best game he played for Pompey before leaving uh, now uh, to uh, go uh, to uh, Bulgaria CSK Sofia they, they signed a load of English players haven't they What's oh, the, they from... signed a Casey from um, Plymouth yeah yeah I saw that yeah, what's what is it though about having to sign a a contract if you sign for Sophia right in front of a load of weird oil paintings with a <laughs> with a feather pen that you dip in ink? I, I have no idea. I, I haven't been paying much attention to the C- CSK Sophia stuff, but it sounds really interesting what they're doing over there. So it's I might have to look into it myself. Yeah, I just thought they might dress him up as some sort of lord or something. Like just because <laughs> they're a couple of them are English doesn't mean he has to like have a pipe and like something like Downton Abbey or something but oh. yeah interesting though so mm. I think they just think it shows prestige yeah maybe signing an English an English player yeah yeah for sure but anyway McCory I think he's going to be potentially you know I think could be one of the best players we have in the team for this season you know they're saying 15 to 20 games he reckons if you get if we get 40 games out of him he's wouldn't be surprised this is what Stevie said if he gets 15 or 20 men on the matches Mm. Um, and he said, you know, don't want to sound like I'm hyping him, but, you know, they generally think he's going to be absolute class for us this season. So watch this space. Was yeah, he right? I, I, and, and I think if, if McCrory plays next to close, that might be a bit better because sometimes if the, if Naylor gets in certain positions where he has to, uh, to thread a ball through to, say, Curtis or Lowe, he does struggle with that. So yeah. I, I think McCrory next to close, if I had to choose, that, that would be the option that I would go for. Yeah, no, I, I raised that as well. I just don't know if he's going to drop Naylor, which is an interesting reason why I thought he might have tried him at centre back. Yeah, true, true. Or maybe, or maybe he might do what we said earlier and play the three of them, and then not play the number ten, which people have been complaining about all summer. So that'd be really funny, wouldn't it? 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All the expert opinion out the window with a change of formation. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I I wouldn't be against that to be honest. No, no, I I wouldn't be either. It, it would depends how how we play with the with the four three three. If it's played in a way where again the striker is a bit isolated and the wingers have to drop back and collect it, they collect the play. So it's like a four five one. I don't think it would work. But or or we go for the four one four one. Hmm. Potentially with, with, with an extra player in the centre of defence midfield. Yeah, maybe that could work. There are lots. Of, there are lots of options again with the depth of this squad. So many options that you could go for. You could argue about them for hours on end. Mm. How about four five one with Hawkins on his own up front? <laughs> that, that would <laughs> trigger the entire of. Um... <laughs> oh, yeah. I felt sorry for Hawkins in those games. To be yeah, honest, yeah, it's stuck up front. It, 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 it wasn't entirely his fault. There was no with, different. There's no difference when Pittman played. He no, was just running awesome. around again, exactly the same. He gets less stick for it, but he was literally isolated against Norwich. I remember watching it going, who is that bloke up front? Because he's just gassed and not chasing it back. And it, just, it was just bouncing back the whole time. And Yeah, so let's hope they get a bit more support this season. Um, what's your star rating? I would say four and a half stars for McCrory. I yeah. think it is. It, it, even though it does cause selection problems, that you're arguing about good things at that point. So yeah. I I really do think he'll make he'll make he'll be that little thing that takes the midfield over the top. Yeah, I agree. And you you got to think though, if Naylor or Close goes down, you've got somebody who can step in. He's got that extra bit of quality that we haven't, you know, not saying they don't have it yet, but we just haven't seen from the other, other midfielders. Maybe. Yeah, precisely. Um, okay, let's move on then. Four and a half stars. Nice one. Of some reason, I was looking at my uh, in my head. I was looking at my defensive uh, partnerships. <laughs> so we've done Williams, done Rafori. Who are we on to now? We're on to Ellis Harrison. No, we're not. Are we? No. We're on no. Marcus Harness next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do midfielders first. Um, I think, I think, I think he's still a midfielder. Do you think? Yeah, yeah I think I, I definitely think he's a midfielder, but, but more of a right winger from from what I've been researching. So, so yeah, Freddie, you've actually been doing some work writing an amazing comparison article, haven't you, for Pompey News Now on the website? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been um, writing more about Marcus Harness because. I saw a lot of people underwhelmed by Marcus Harness, even though we've apparently spent a lot of money on him. It's a three and a half year deal. The, the transfer was basically done when he was pictured at Fratton Park, and yeah. still people were underwhelmed, saying, "Oh, he's he's only he hasn't played that much. He's only got he, and he plays for Burton. That's not the sort of signing we want." But generally, from my from my research and how he plays, I think he's exactly the sort of player. If Jamal Lowe leaves, Touchwood, he doesn't. He can slot right into right wing, or he can slot into number ten. His creativity is really good. He can take the take the ball from the middle and put in some excellent through balls, or or even more direct direct passes that Kenny Jacket likes. Or he can be that traditional inside forward. And the reason why he hasn't got the goal scoring record of Lowe is because he's played less less than half the minutes that Jamal Lowe has. I won't go into specifics, but it, you'd have to read the article for yourself when when it gets published, probably tomorrow. Yeah, so probably... on the Saturday, the twenty sixth. Hopefully, hopefully that that will get done by then. But yeah, I really do think Marcus Harness is the business, and probably my favourite signing out of all of them. Yeah, so yeah, definitely go check that out on the Pompey News Now feed on on our Twitter, on our Insta, on our Facebook at Pompey News Now. You guys know because you're listening to this. So, but yeah, it's going to be an incredible article. I've looked at some of the stats you've uh, used, and you've put a lot of work into that article, Freddie. So, mm-hmm. nice one, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope it tra- hope it translates. 
hope it hope it translates well and people and people get it so. it will it will it definitely will mate it's great um so just going forward i think harness where do you see him fitting into the team so we'll, we'll say no one else leaves so we've got a, a solid squad i want to know from you because you've actually done the proper research into it freddie um that's the reason why you're doing a master's in journalism and i'm sat on my ass <laughs> um <laughs> can he play 10 He's got. He's got the. He's, uh, looking at look at the attacking stats, comparing them to Jabalo, and looking at the, how he passes the ball and his passing accuracy. I think he has the potential to play ten, and he has had to play central for certain games for Burton this season. Mm-hmm. Whether it, because Burton are a really counter-attacking side, so he would have had to drop further back potentially into the middle. And again, as I said, collect, uh, collect the ball or, or create the play from there, or he could do. Exactly what Jamal Lowe has done. Stick on the right wing, break on the counter attack, and thread a low ball into the striker. But I, I think that looking again, looking at his passing accuracy and and his creativity and his expected assists, I, I definitely think he has the capability to play ten if Jacket wants to play him there. Because because think about it, when um, with the front four last season, when it worked really well with with um, Curtis on the left, Low on the right. Uh, Garrett, maybe Gareth Evans or Brett Pittman in the middle and Hawkins up front that front four overloaded certain areas on the wing so what it did was it, it, if Pompey when they weren't play, playing hoofball which everybody hated if they controlled control the play on a certain wing one player could just hand back on the defender it could either be Oliver Hawkins or it could be Jamal Lowe hanging back on the last defender so I think Marcus Harness will help with that a lot it doesn't matter if he's not at the moment natural as a number 10 i think he's definitely got the capability to play in that front four that k jacket set out last season if we play like that of course because i just think that would be yeah I'm, I'm i'm sort of salivating thinking about it mate because i think that would be absolute a fr- class a fr- front four of low curtis harness and harrison yeah yeah, that's that's, that's that's what that's I want. That is what I that's, want. That, that's potentially a, that that's at least a play a, a playoff team's front four, at least. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get on to Harrison in a minute. Um, but yeah, I think it's an absolute class signing. I, I agree. I think I'm going to give it four and a half stars. I, I I'd have to agree with you. I, I, I'm not I'm not going to be that per- person that thinks oh he's the he's the absolutely perfect signing Neil Sutton. But again, it. Touchwood, if if Jamal if Jamal Lowe does end up leaving for three million, he could he he's first first name on that team sheet at right wing. If not, he can play happily at for, in the front four. I have no doubt in my mind. It's another example of Kenny Jacket investing in hungry like young players entering their prime, getting the best years out of them. So we'll have to see again how how Jacket utilizes him. I like his haircut. I do like his haircut. Mm, I did. I, I did do. notice him. I did notice him at Burton away, not just because of his haircut, but how it, how he played. He 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 was he did really well. I think he. I think in that game he was even. He switched. Well, he switched wings sometimes. Uh, he I was don't outstanding. Think he was their he best was. player. I saw on the pitch. Yeah. He got subbed, didn't he? Weirdly, at one point, and I was thinking, why the fuck's that guy getting subbed off? But yeah, we'll go with that. But. Um, yeah, no, absolutely class signing. And again, over the moon. And how dangerous could that be if you have McCory and Close or whoever behind them, you know, being an absolute wall of steel if you want Naylor there instead and you have that sort of, you know... Give, just Give Harness the entire the creative licence to yeah. do whatever with no, yeah. no centre-half near him. That would be yeah. excellent, honestly. And then having Lowe and Curtis either side of him. 
and yeah. So let's move on to who'd be in front of them there. Harrison, in uh, in from Ipswich. You know, fair amount of money spent on him. Not not blowing the bank, but well, well, ha- well, near half a million for Ports of is a lot. Uh, well, it's half a million yeah. is a lot for a lot of league one teams. Four hundred and fifty k, I think it is. Um, mm. How much was Harness again? Is it um, disclosed? It, it, it was. I don't think it was disclosed, but uh, but there was an article today saying it was the most money we'd spent on a player since Hoosklep, if you remember him. So so I I, I think it, it it's definitely around. 750 to a mil we must have spent on that because well, Nigel Clough said Nigel Clough, Nigel Clough said he would have kept him but the board had to go over his head and yeah. sell him because of the amount of money so um, I'm, I'm hearing 800k by the way rising to a million with um with with sell-on fees and appearances so that, that's yeah that's, for, the, that's for, that sort of player, for that sort yeah. of player considering the second half of the season he had last season I, I think that's fine yeah, That's I know fine. the I know the Burton Sports Mail was also um, reported. I know Josh there, and he was saying that um, it's a huge amount of money. But I do know that it was under the million pound mark. So when you say seven fifty, it was about seven fifty eight hundred um, rising to potentially a million quid. Um, yeah, with, with the other stuff and a sell on fee for them, of course, in the contract. Yeah, we're, we're actually reinvesting the Matt Clark money. <laughs> in the playing squad, so that's not that, nice to see. Well, that's a lot. That's that's still about one and a half million for um, for Harness and for um, Harrison together, mm. Mm. and then and then you think about us going out and doing some more business. But let's get on to let's get on to um, Harrison here while we're on the topic because Pompey really needed a striker, didn't didn't they? We Absolutely. were saying get out Absolutely. there, get us a striker, get us a goal scorer. Um, Harrison obviously. Um, Ipswich, he was injured a bit last season. Um, Ipswich were absolutely awful. For anyone who hasn't seen, you know, knows nothing about Ipswich, in the championship, they were dog shit, right? They were absolutely terrible. They're always on the back foot. I don't think you could have put Messi up front and he would have scored for Ipswich because he wouldn't get the ball. You know, no, no, it, it would have been very hard for any striker to do well in that team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it's better probably looking at his record for Bristol City. No, sorry. They're going to hate me for that, aren't they? Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Rovers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think he got 12 goals uh, in that season. I think it's 12 goals. Six or six, I can't remember. But something like that. Um, which is decent because we know Bristol Rovers are a fairly defensive side um, as far as it goes as well in League One. Solid team. Don't concede a lot of goals, but don't score a shitload either. Um, mm. So to get 12 goals for them is is a pretty good return. And I think if you look at having the lights of, um, again, who we're talking about, low harness, um, Curtis, um, Close, Pittman, Evans, whoever you want to put in that, feeding him balls, he should score more goals than that, shouldn't he? Oh, precisely. Well, uh, again, uh, a, lot, a lot of people were a bit sceptical about the Harrison signing. Look at his record and going, that's awful. Why Why are we signing him? He seems like a busted flush. But no, again, as we said, nobody would have scored it. Nobody would have scored in that Ipswich team. Not at all. Looking back on the highlights from when he played for Bristol Rovers, he scored multiple types of goals, which is exactly the, stri- the, the sort of thing a striker in this system needs. He can do- he, he can hang on the last centre-half and out-jump him for a header. And he's good with his feet. Haw- Hawkins was good with his feet last season, but I, th- I think Ellis Harrison has the potential to be... He's a lot more mobile than, Haw- than Hawkins. Yeah. And... I think I think he's got he got better he's, he has a better mentality than Omar Bogle. The problem with Omar Bogle last season was he something would go wrong and he would lose his head completely. So I do think Ellis very good signing exactly what we needed. Yes, there might be a bit of risk to it. He might he might not be 
the 2025 goal goal striker that everybody wants, like the James the James Norwood or even the Brett Pittman when he played up front. But I do I do think he can get at least ten or fifteen goals, and if everybody in that front four gets ten to fifteen goals, and the rest of the midfield gets a few, that's enough to get promoted, surely. Yeah, surely. Yeah, you think so? And again, he doesn't need to be a twenty goal scorer because when you've got three players as well behind, he wants to put the ball in the net as well. You're not going to get those goals. It is shared out over the team. Precisely. But I think he's a good signing. I think he's a great, it, good, good to great, and it just depends. There's, I feel with him, there's a little bit more risk. On how there is almost, almost certainly, especially last season, where his, his confidence must have been on the floor with how the team was playing and his injury record and the fact he moves up to the championship as well. He got his big move from Bristol Rovers, so it might take him a, a, a might take a bit of time. I don't think he scored. He might have scored in preseason. I don't think he has. But I, I can't remember. again, mm. I, I, I if it was a choice between Harrison and Hawkins, I would start Harrison first, given the amount of games. But and. But Hawkins is a good depth option. We know how Hawkins plays. Where is Ollie Hawkins? Is he injured? Uh, I think he has been, yeah. That was that mm. was why he hasn't played. Yeah, I thought he's not played at all, is he? He's not featured. I've not seen him on the bench, which is why I thought um, he must be injured. So, yeah. But again, another option. Great. And what are your thoughts on Brett Pittman playing up front? As a striker or as a yeah. number to, uh, fully up front? Yeah. Oh, we've... The problem is we've seen that before last season. Before that, everybody moans about that period where Brett Pittman didn't play for two months. But looking back, when he played as a striker, he did not fit that system at all. No, I agree. The season beforehand, the entire game plan was to put in a direct ball to Brett Pittman if he was in space. Yeah, feed Pittman, basically. Pretty much. And, well, with all our other attacking players, the system got slightly more complicated. You had other options. And often Brett Pittman just got isolated on his own. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. I, well, I wanted to see we're in agreement that was all. So we see. I see him as a number ten as well. Pitt, Pitt, Pittman rates himself as number ten. He he came out today in an interview and said he 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 reckons this season with all the work he's put in, he will score more a lot of goals from number ten if we decide to play him there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is the only place I think he fits in the team. And whether it's to start or to come on or whatever, he's definitely a good player to have around. And uh, he undoubtedly so has the ability. I think, will, I think this will probably be his last year at Portsmouth, I think. I don't think he's got another year left, has he? Uh, this is his last year on his contract. I'm pretty sure. You wouldn't know it looking, but I'm pretty sure he's younger than me, isn't he? He's a year younger than me. And mm. Freddie's met up with me quite a few times. And you know, Freddie, that... You look at Brett Pittman and you would think he's a bit older than he is. Yeah, he's he's not... like, yeah, you'd think he's ancient, but no, he's still in, he's still in his. He's the same age as Gareth Evans. Oh right, the early thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Gareth Evans are the same age. Um, yeah. You can just tell that sort of the dynamic sort ofness of Gareth Gareth Evans, sort of the fit running up and down, cheeky smile is you know, different. Um, okay, so Ellis Harrison, let's get back on track, mate. How many stars? I would say three and a half. There is the risk there that he might not pan out, but I really do think he's he's the sort of striker for the for, for, for the system that played last season. He's more mobile than Hawkins. He's got the track record to be a bit more prolific at League One level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think he will start up front. Almost yeah, certainly. Yeah, high ceiling, low floor. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. So he's got the ability, basically. I don't know if people actually know what I'm talking about there, but the potential to be incredible, but also yeah, so the potential, potential to, to bust, basically. Yeah, precisely. Again, another example of Jacket spending money on players and entering their prime around around the low the low twenties. Yeah. So. 
All right. So I think that was a pretty comprehensive roundup there, Freddie. Should we quickly touch on players? Let's not let's not do players are going out now. We'll see if we've got enough time to do that quickly at the end. But let's touch on teams that we think are going to be challenging Pompey for the top. So Peterborough springs to mind as a team that not sure they're challenging the top, but they really have made big moves, haven't they? Um, they spent a shed load of money. Mo Isis springs to mind, um, but they've just got a load of players. But they've also, they've, a... also they've also put up some very nice depth pieces that a lot of people don't know about. They signed Mark Beavers at centre half, who I wanted for Portsmouth. Dan Butler. Dan Butler. He he he's done really well since leaving Portsmouth. Another example of a player who just needed game time. He wasn't going to get that at Portsmouth, moved down to conference level and has done exceptionally well. But for the, for them, Mo Isa, you don't know. Because effectively, Mo, Mo Isa skips the Don't Mo. You don't know how he's going to do this season. Since he's, he, he basically skipped the entire last season with, with barely playing. It was a step too far, wasn't it? And Bristol uh, City yeah, as well are also a, got it right that time. They were actually a very good team as well in the championship, you know, a deep, good team. So it wasn't like he went to a bottom-feeling championship you know, side and got a lot of ball and got a game time and a lot of exposure. He didn't. He went to a team that, you know, challenged for the, for the playoffs, didn't they? Um, and let's be honest, he had, he had some creative genius play at centre-back, player of the season. Yeah, yeah. Adam and Webster. Peter Bristol... Going back to the Peterborough stuff, they've still got all their good, a lot of their good players from last season. They still have Ivan Tony, who's, in my opinion, one of one of the best strikers in the league. I think yeah. he'll do really well. And um, they, they they they've got a lot of options up front. So I, I think like last season they could set off like an absolute train. Yeah, I mean, who else? Are they, who else did they sign on top of my head? They signed a lot of players, didn't they? They spent uh, a lot of money. Yeah, they signed Frankie Kent. Mark Beavers, George Boyd, if you remember him, who played, yeah. played for Sheffield Wednesday. He's gone and back they, there, isn't he? Yes, he has. And then those, the, the, the rest of them are all depth signings that I haven't heard of. No, obviously Dan Butler, chuck him in there. Mm. Um, but yeah, Peterborough, team to watch. But do we say this every season with Peterborough? Do we say, well, it, 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 it's always easy to look at the team who spent a lot of money, isn't it? Oh. And say, oh, they're precisely, they do really well. I forgot they signed um, Chrissy. I can't remember how you pronounce his name. Chrissy Pym. Pym. Oh yeah, from Exeter. Yeah, and he's yeah. a very good goalkeeper. Mm. Um, big fan of his, and they needed one, didn't they? I don't know if you saw their goalkeeper last season, but he looked really unconfident. Yeah, well, it, it, I, I um, went to, went to the away game at Peterborough at the, at the beginning of last season, and that was one of the best ports of but the performances. Not that Peterborough played badly defensively, just that ports have controlled the play, and they did. Exactly how Portsmouth should, and they used direct passing, which again is debatable whether it works or not. But they mm. used it really effectively, and they used direct passing when there's a purpose. People get frustrated with long ball when it's aimless, when it's just oh we got no option, we have to throw the long ball to Oliver Hawkins, for example. No, every single direct ball had a purpose. It was for somebody in space, and we retained possession. And two two one flattered them. To be quite honest with you, we we, we could we could have easily gone three or four up in that game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But Peterborough have also managed to keep hold of their uh, top players as well, haven't they? As well as adding. So I think a lot of people have come out and criticised Pompey for yeah. not being able to hold on to the likes of Clark and people who thought Lowe had gone already and all that kind of doom and gloom. But again, there was, there was no way that Clark was staying. Absolutely no way whatsoever. It's not fair to let him stay either. 
You know, mm. he he needs to go on. He's he's you know he stayed with the club as and he signed an extra year in his contract, so we, we'd get this deal. Yeah, but that's that's why he signed that that contract. I was really negative when Portsmouth didn't get promoted because I thought we would lose a lot more players than we did. I thought we would lose. We would have lost Lowe immediately. We, we, we would have lost Clark. We would have lost McGilvery to a Scottish team and so on. So I, I think so far we've done really well. It's a shame about losing Nathan Thompson. Yeah, but... We knew he was going to go. You know, when you yeah, come out and say that, if you don't get promoted, I'm off sort of thing. That's the end of it, really, isn't it? Yeah, precisely. Looking yeah. at other teams in the league who I think will do... Let, let's go with the elephant in the room, shall we? Let's, let's, let's do Sunderland. I'll Sunderland. be going to... I'll probably be going to the Sunderland game, the the Sunderland away game, since I live up north. That's have Have you been on the podcast since we went to Sunderland away? Uh, no, I was I was on the one with uh, the the large group one after the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So let's see if we. Uh, yeah, last time we went, to, we did a little Pompey News Now meetup, didn't we? And that ended up in me having the worst hangover I've ever had in my life. <laughs> we, and... I I showed I showed them all the Newcastle night out because I I lived up there last year, so. Yeah, they, they all they all enjoyed themselves. They they, they all um, it, it got introduced to trebles really early. So yeah, I remember <laughs> buying a shitload of Jaeger bombs and then being uh, having a video sent of me and you singing Blue Army in a cage on stage <laughs> nightclub <laughs> in the middle of Newcastle. Some, somehow I, I, I was still out when you you lot left. I don't know how I did that. That was I, I don't even know what happened to me, mate. I told you after two in the morning, I've got I've looked on my debit card and I've just got. Um, payments coming out four, five, six, seven in yeah, random, yeah, you, random you kept, pubs that I even know. He kept on buying me drinks, so I said, mate, because you guys obviously thought it was cheap. So it was. So you just kept on buy, uh, buying everybody drinks, which was fun. It was a great night. Great night, uh, especially after that game. I, I thought Porter played okay in that game, and a draw was a fair result. And we so were that Oh, mate, it's mental. And we were absolute heroes in Newcastle, weren't we? <laughs> because Sunderland didn't get promoted. All these lads in these bars were like, wee! <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, looking, yeah. looking at who Sunderland have signed. Yeah, back on let's, track. Let, let's go with the ex-Pompey player. That's a combatment multi and try and figure out how well he'll do. It's a good signing, isn't it? We know how talented Mark is as a, as a player. I feel like he can fit in their system and play off Charlie Wyke if they do choose to play Charlie Wyke up front. I don't think he'll fit into their team playing as an out-and-out centre-forward. Do you agree? Uh, it, 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 well, it depends. I mean, uh, the last the last time I seen Mark Minolti do really well was play, uh, a striker was play, was when he was with a partner. If you remember Colin Lavery and Mark Minolti. Yeah. In the 4-4-2. So yeah, I think that they could they could do whatever. But Martin McNulty was the player they absolutely needed. I think they could play him as a number ten further back, or they could play him up front. They play him up front, but I think he needs to play with someone up front, which mm. means changing the formation they have, as you said, into a four four two or whatever formation, four three three or whatever. But I feel like he needs a bit of support up there, um, just retaining the ball actually, um, and not getting bullied by a League One centre back pairing. You know, like the likes of Raggett, who we just signed now. Um, yeah. Who's six foot six, six foot six whenever he gets on the pitch? Yeah, you don't want to start on him, do you? Uh, yeah, he's going to rag it. Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so McNulty is good signing. He's got the ability to really link up with the lights of Pompey uh, icon McGeady. Um, <laughs> beloved, beloved McGeady. Yeah. And. Um, uh, yeah, and Chris McGuire. Uh, have they still got Chris McGuire? Yeah, like they must they have, do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. but oh, he's a flash in the pan, isn't he? Let's be honest. He's a no, I'm joking. He like. was like, well, yeah, by far their best player for me. I, when I, I, I watched them. 
Well, if you uh, if you went back and listened to the podcast again, I was the person that went through and said, you know, Chris Maguire, if they actually do drop, I think it was Honeyman at the time, and play Maguire in that role, I actually am worried about them being a much more um, dangerous threat going forwards. And it had to be a who scored in that playoff game, didn't it? I, I keep jinxing it, don't I? I've got to, <laughs> I've got to stop analysing the away team's mm. potentials. Mm. Um, Although, no, but uh, I, I Jamal Lowe's still not left, mate. So, oh, that's that's always positive. Yeah. I, I think Sunderland will be there or thereabouts next season. They have to, this season; they'll have to be. Uh, let's go and have a look. Their weakest position in, for me last season was centre back, and they've gone and addressed that by getting Jordan Wilkes in, haven't they? Hmm. Is it Jordan Willis? Willis, yeah, Willis, Wilkes, yeah. Willis, Willis, Willis. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, again, a player that we said on our. Um, transfer preview after the season that we wanted to get. Very strong centre half. I do rate him. It's exactly what they needed as well, isn't it? Because they looked awful at the back last season. Yeah, precisely. I, I pointed that out on Broker Report, and then obviously Portsmouth didn't score in the in our playoff series, so I looked like a mug. But <laughs> don't worry, mate. I went on radio and did it on BBC Tyneside. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always bad. Well, let's have a look at some other clubs in League One. Try, uh, try and figure out some teams that I think will do well. Even though Marcus Harness has left Burton, I think they're always a tricky team. With Nigel Clough, especially, is a very, very good, very good manager. I think they did, could do okay. Who else did they leave as well? Who else left Burton? Yeah. Uh, Allen, is it? Yeah, Jamie Allen. Yeah, he's good. Fact, well, fad scene's gone to Coventry. He, he, he was always a. He always played for them. Burton, Burton, they play a very um, smart, attacking, counter-attack style um, system, don't they? They're very yeah, sy- they're a systems team, aren't they? Because when they lost Tom Naylor as well, coming from us, um, again, I just thought, okay, it, how's that going to affect them? But they find ways, don't they? Find players to fit the system that they're in. They do precisely. They're always a tricky team. They'll be they'll be there or thereabouts this season. Anyone anyone else in particular? Uh, None that I can point out, unless you want to point out a team. I mean, Ipswich, obviously, they've just come down. They've just signed James Norwood, who I think is going to be a phenomenal signing up front. Yeah. I mean, banking on any player to score, who who scored 20 or 25 goals in their league is always a good shout. Always a good shout. I think it would have been a step too far if you went to a championship team. But I think he'll do really well for Ipswich up front. I think it's the platform. And if they they got promoted with him, then maybe... um, yeah, basically, it'd be a good platform for him to get promoted and take the next step steadily rather than jump in the gun. Rather than <laughs> do the Moisa. Moisa. Yeah, yeah, precisely. precisely. But, re- but really, I don't think Portsmouth have many teams to fear in this league. It's very, it's very strange. Very strange. Rotherham will always be there or thereabouts with, with the champion, keeping a lot of... They actually, no, they've brought in a lot of players. But, but then again, they'll be there or thereabouts. They've turned into a yo-yo team. Yeah, for the championship, for championship teams, league on. So I think they'll do well as well. Teams that come down and didn't do as well. Obviously, you've got Bolton. So minus twelve points. Such a shame what's happening with them. Yep. Such a shame. The players, uh, uh, from what I read, they haven't been paid within five months. There are certain players, uh, Josh McGuinness and Erwin Hostumer, who want to leave, but the administrators are saying no, we want a fee for them. So they they, they were willing wow. to tear. They were, they were willing to tear up their contracts just to get a move somewhere else. But obviously they wanted the money they haven't been paid, but they were willing to tear up their contracts on the spot to get a move. I think Erhan Osmer was linked with Charlton. They were going to sign him. I'd like so him. yeah, that, it, that, it's a real shame what's happening with, with them. And Barry as well. Two teams in our league with minus 12 points. It's such a shame. 
it is, especially coming from Pompey fans who know how how awful that is, really. Um, yeah, especially yeah. when your club's been mismanaged out of your hands. Yeah, precisely. Especially especially when the owner just picks up and leaves. The, the Bolton owner's gone, not putting any more money in. So yeah, if you go if you go to either of those away games, buy a program, buy a, a, buy an expensive drink, just help them out. Yeah, sure. And um, also, yeah. We've been talking to the uh, Bolton Wanderers Supporters Trust and um, trying to give them some promo at Pompey News now as well to try and raise some money. Mm. Um, just an interesting fact for moving to some teams. I forgot to mention this to you, mate. Um, James Bolton, um, he's represented by a football agency called again. It's not Brian Howard's agency, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Brian Howard? No, it's not. Um but it's the same agency. So it's 50, they're called 1511, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same agency that represents Tom Naylor. Oh, really? Uh, and it's the same agency that represents Omar Bogle. Oh, right. Mm, just an interesting little fact there. Yeah, that, that is food for thought, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well if, of course, if a, player goes, if a player goes to a club and really enjoys it, they're going to mention that to the agent. And then the agent, if, then the agent will point that out to his other clients. And then you look at Harness coming to uh, to Pompey as well. Obviously, he's got links back at Burton, and he goes back to play and talk to Harness. Yeah, um, and he thinks, oh, you know, Tom's having a great time at Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Loves it. I'll get myself down there. Obviously, you know, Omar Bogle came on loan. You know, his agent talked to to Tom Naylor and said, you know, how great Tom Naylor is enjoying it down there. Um, James Bolton on a free transfer has some options. You know, mm-hmm. his agent goes, well, you know, I've got Tom Naylor on the books down there. Um, you know, have a word with him and see what you think. And he yeah, signs precisely. Well. That, 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 that's a positive thing that can happen with agents. If it, if a lot of clients go to the same team and have a very good experience. Just they, saying that Tom Naylor that is basically a football agent. <laughs> that could be a role for him when he, when he retires, maybe. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. just doing it on the slide now, make some cash. Um, other teams, teams I don't think will do as well. Doncaster, playoff team, playoff team oh, really? this season. They've got an excellent manager in Darren Moore and there's still a couple of weeks left in the transfer window for them to sign players as of now though as of now uh, their squad isn't isn't strong enough in my opinion now they've, they've no, lost they, a lot of players they have lost a lot of players they, they, they could be they could be they, they could be anything it's, it's very hard to predict how the football league will pan out you've, see, you've seen it so many times who, who would have guessed that Shrewsbury would have nearly got promoted two seasons ago and go on an absolute run of course, but we're doing that thing. Where we have to sort of put it out there and and predict it. So, for me, looking at them now, they're a lot weaker than they were last season. They are. They've lo- they have lost a few players. That, who have they lost? They've lost. Uh... They, they lost eight out of the eleven starting players that they played in the last um, four or five games of the season. Mm. Which is I a mean, lot. They lost, they lost Tommy Rowe. Yeah. I that they uh, lost Andrews, Dan Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost, obviously, Downing played for us now. Yeah. Um, and this is the tip of the iceberg. I can't remember, but I saw um, some, some of their fans are writing a sort of, you know, showing the starting 11 and just crossing faces off it. Um, <laughs> and it's pretty extensive. So, yeah, I've, unless they they do have a good manager, but I think they'll he'll have to buy, 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 buy now. In order yeah, for precisely. Play you'll, have to, team. you'll have to wait and see when the window shuts. Yeah, and see what they look like. Coventry, Coventry are interesting. They sold. Uh, should we talk about Connor Chaplin going to Barnsley? Yeah, that is an interesting sign. I didn't expect Chaplin would make the jump to the Championship already. He showed flashes of again that potential that he had with Portsmouth. But the problem was under Paul Cook. Paul Cook, I can tell Paul Cook didn't rate him. Under Kenny Jacket, 
he played really well. He just didn't fit. He didn't. He didn't fit the system. I think re- he would work really well in a two-striker system. But that 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 doubt will always be in my mind if he's playing in say a four-two-three-one. Yeah, yeah. And, but and, he, uh, sorry, go. That, but he's still got that technical ability. Technical ability. He's more than just a poacher. I know, but. If he's played, if he's played in a poacher in the right system, he he, in League One, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have blamed him if he scored fifteen goals. I yeah. can imagine scoring around that number. But but then again, Barnsley, Barnsley are doing a very money ball like system. They 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 plucked a lot of players from nowhere and then sold them for a lot of money. So maybe they they could even do the same with Connor Chaplin. We'll have to wait and see. Well, I'm hearing from Barnsley fans. I I'm in my office in. You know, workers with quite a few Barnsley fans, and they're saying to me that they expect him to start up front with Kaifer Moore. Oh, that I, I, I could, I could imagine that going really well, really, really well. In a four, in a, what, in like a four-four-two, I assume. Yeah, sort of, slightly, slightly regressed, but yeah, essentially two strikers playing together up front. I think that will do really well. I generally think that could do very well. Kaifer Moore played really well last season. Excellent target man who could, who could bring that. Hold up the ball, but but also he's very technical with his feet. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think Chaplin's got quite good football IQ. I think so. There's um. So there's oh yeah, more. He's, he's always always in the right position. So I think the so, two of them will link up well. I think so too. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. So yeah, I think. But going back to Coventry quickly, um, and thank you Coventry for buying him off us, making no money because you sold him and gave us the twenty odd percent. Hey, hundred thousand pounds is a hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> For a no, lot but of work. it's, but it's, a but lot it's of work. not the amount of money that Portsmouth would have expected already. So. No, precisely. So we'll take that. We actually made more money off the transfer, didn't we, on the sell-on than Coventry did? Because mm. mm. they sold it for a million quid. Yeah. So yeah. we had twenty percent, I think. I did, be so even more than that. Mm. But anyway, um, I'm saying Coventry made no money off it. That's why they bed. They originally Barnsley bid eight hundred k, and they were like, "No, we need to get the money back because otherwise we're going to lose money on him." Yeah, so, true. Yeah, so that's why it was a million quid. Oh. Um, interesting, so, though, um, Coventry themselves actually look like a pretty decent team. Now, I thought they wouldn't be able to get any players to go to them. Um, however, they have... Well, because they moved to Birmingham, which is a really fucking odd one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah they're, play, they're, they're playing their home games in um, Birmingham City's ground. Birmingham. St Andrews. Yeah. St Andrews. Yeah, which is an odd one because... They had no fans at all. They went to Northampton, and I know it's closer going to Birmingham than you know going there. But not many Coventry fans are going to want to travel into Birmingham to watch Coventry City play. It is a, it is a real struggle. Well, well it, 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 if God forbid someone came round and said, "Okay, Portsmouth won't play at Fratton Park," there will be a section of people who go, "Yeah, well, I'm not going then." There's all, there's always going to be that at every at any team, but. I feel sorry for the fans in that regard, but even though they they signed a lot of players, a lot of a lot of players with League One experience, so I think they could do okay. I think they'll do okay. Well, Coventry last season uh, statistically were right up there, uh, third best team in the league for creating high danger chances. Um, one of the best XG teams in the league as well. Um, just generally, chances created per ninety. They're right. I think they're second. Um, they, you know, they're they look, really they look, dynamic they look, team. They, they look really solid when they play Portsmouth at Fratton Park. Yeah, with a, really, really. With, dynamic with that team. front four, with that front four, with Eda Bakara and, and I can't remember who else was playing in that team. But defensive, they, they were very shaky. I, I had no doubt that Portsmouth would score against them in that game. Yeah. 
no, no doubt at all. And uh, I do, though, think, though, that next season they could be good. But, you know, they lost um, Wilkes to Willis to Sunderland. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see how um, how they end up faring. But mm-hmm. I, I'm confident. Oh, I found the uh, the Doncaster thing I was looking for, which is why I'm why I'm sort of stuttering. So they oh, lost really? their goal. Yeah, they lost their goalkeeper Marusi. Mm-hmm. They lost Danny Andrew. They lost the centre back Butler. They lost Downing again. who played alongside him. They lost uh, Kane. They lost Tommy Rowe. They lost Wilkes. There's a lot of players. A lot of players. Um, so they've kept Coppinger, Marquez and Whiteman from what I've seen mm. on here. Oh, still Matthew, specula- Matthew isn't, there still, isn't there still speculation that Marquez might leave? Yeah. I think if a championship comes for him, he'll, he'll throw his toys up the pram and go, surely. I would think so, but you never know, really, do you? So, but yeah, I just wanted to point out that Doncaster there have, have lost a lot of players. Mm. Um, but yeah, okay, it's Coventry. Anyone else? Because we've probably got to wrap up the podcast soon, mate. I think that's everything. There's one last thing I would want to go through, considering the depth that we have is there a player that you're looking will we'll have a breakout season not the transfers that came in if there's a player in the squad that seems a bit forgotten to most Pompey fans anyway who do you think will have that breakout season and, and surprise people I mean I know you're going to say Adam May so I'm going to skirt over that one <laughs> I wasn't no. <laughs> no not at all I'm joking mate I'm it's, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you, you by breakout, do you mean a player that hasn't broken out already? Therefore, implying a young player. Yeah, pretty much. Because I don't count Ben Close as a young player anymore. No, I count. Well, well not necessarily player. a young player, just a player who you do, who I, who you don't think has had got the option last season for one reason or another that's in the squad, who may surprise some people. I think that's a difficult, a difficult one to say. Um, uh, I, I've got, I've got an example. If you want, them. you go for it. I, wa- I wanted to play a lot last season. Played a couple of games in the cup. Did really well. Didn't get his chance in the league, unfortunately. And apparently, get a press county jacket a lot in pre-season. And people are arguing about the number ten role. And before Harness came in, I would have had oh, Lewis, Lewis Dennis. Go. I would have had yeah. Lewis Dennis at number ten all day long. Yeah, I agree with you completely. In my mind, but I think that Louis Dennis. He's dynamic. He's he's you know he's direct. He's he's got a good vision, isn't he? He passes when you don't expect him he's to. He's a very he positive player. He's a very positive player. And at that time when we were a str- we were struggling creatively, and Owen Hawkins was isolated up front, I would have given Lewis Dennis a couple of games at Cam. I'd love to see. I'd love time. to see Louis Louis Dennis break out as well because that is a really attacking player to break out, isn't it? He'd have to be really good to break out. So if he does break out, then it's going to be pretty impressive, isn't it? I think he'd do really well if he gets into that team, which is the hardest part. Yeah. Because now, now that we've got Marcus Harness and even Brian Williams or other players, I think it'll be even harder for Dennis to get a chance at a number ten. I would play him. First of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start him at the first game of the season. I'll play him in the Birmingham City game in the League Cup that's on TV. Yeah. No, no, I think, I think, that's, I think that's perfect for him. But I think he does need to get some League One games as well to be able to, to progress. Or if not, mm. he needs to go out on loan to, to League Two, really. Yeah, precisely. Well, he's, 20, he's, not, he's, he's 26, so he's, so he's not a kid anymore. He, he needs those games. Played a, yeah. played a lot at conference level which gives him the groundwork, but he does need those League One games. He does need those Football League games. It's he essential for any player to improve. Yeah, no, I think I think he does as well. Um, I'm I'm struggling to think of it because I don't think that many young players this season are going to make 
from the academy or from the reserves are going to make a resurgence and make the first team and make a real impact. Mm. Um, I would say the players I want to watch progress well. I think um, Haji Manoa looks good, a good um, defender, and the he back I like him. Last season. Um, what about Brendan like- Houndstrap? Again, I, Brendan Houndstrap is another player who needs to break through, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't, uh, uh, Lee, Lee Brown sung his praises over the uh, this in this summer. So he, he's got a good left foot. Mm. He's, he's good. He's obviously technically good. And mm. um, I'd like to see him break out. I'm not, I, I'm not worried I'm about not, him defensively either. It, it, so, for example, if Lee Brown gets an inju- got an injury and Houndstrap played, I, I would have no 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 anxiety or worries about him playing at left back. No, neither would I. Um, again, I'd still rather play Lee Brown at the moment, but you know, you yeah. never know. Just, just another player who needs that chance, don't they? Yeah, but, for sure. And people but, get injured, so that's how yeah. things are. But the thing about Pompey that the next season is it's all about winning. If Kelly Jacket gets that lovely starting eleven that he likes, he will play that starting eleven until he's literally forced to change it. We see, we've seen him get not stubborn, but very fixed on his starting elevens if it works. Yeah, and even with sub, even with subs in later games, which frustrate me. But. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit concerned with the developing of our young players. Like, I, I would have wanted people like Dan Smith to be retained. Um, mm. When I went down to to Bognor, spoke to him, etc. Spoke to a lot of the young players down there. I, I think Joe Dandy's a good uh, centre back. I know we got drums the other day. Uh, you know, at um, at Aldershot, but. You watch him play. I think Joe Dandy. He's a very tidy defender. He's very, you know, gets stuck in. He's got a great head on him. And for you know, Pompey fans who maybe don't get to watch a lot of the younger players play. Um, yeah, I, I don't because again, I don't, I don't see many Portsmouth games. I only saw one game at Fratton Park last season, and that was the dead dead Robert against Accrington. You game. go to you go to all the bloody Northern games. <laughs> yeah, league, I, I, I do, League I, One is League One is literally a Northern League, isn't it? Yeah, I, I do try to make it to most Northern League One games. Yeah, when I can. Yeah, so so effectively, when you're not sort of like conquering the world of journalism, <laughs> I, um, I, I, I haven't started the course yet, so that's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate, I'm mugging you off. But yeah, so so uh, yeah, uh, Joe Dandy, very good player, very tidy player, um, very well spoken, by the way. When you interview him, very very young guy who's on his first loan spell, very sort of got his head on jovial, you know, like hearty, wasn't phased at all, like some other players had been. And yeah, I was disappointed Dan Smith has let go and um thought he had the ability to break into the first team actually. Um Brad Lethbridge, I like Bradley, I think he's a good player, but he needs more time out on loan, in my opinion, to develop right. into a full time player. But again, lots of ability. Will they make it into the first team? Who knows? They've got ability. Uh, but uh, I, considering the already the depth that that, t- that this team has for our signings, I doubt that a young player will break in like the, like this. I mean, Matt Casey's honest. probably close to. He's the closest because closest we have, to yeah. yeah. Considering we have three centre halves with what with Watmore being injured. So. But if Watmore say hope you know hopefully gets better and stuff and quickly and you know everything's happy in in Jackland, but mm. say he say he doesn't, then. You know, we we pick up Matt an Cage, injury. Matt Cage up, is the fourth option. Yeah, and we pick up an injury to another another centre back. Mm. Then he's on the bench, isn't he? Yeah, precisely. So yeah, that's it, really. I think I think we've covered a lot of stuff today, Freddie. Yeah, um, we've gone through all the transfers and really got across the positivity. I, I think there's a lot of positives about Ports of this season, which I, I wouldn't have thought after that those two playoff games and how badly we played. But no, I think Portsmouth could do really well next season. Playoffs at least, at least. Hopefully automatics. Yeah. 
And um, as long as nothing goes wrong, we've got one of the players coming on the podcast next week. Oh, really? Uh. Yeah. All to be revealed. <laughs> so I'll just tell you after we we, um, we hang up, but we'll yeah. reveal it properly on Twitter, yeah? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. I'll definitely give that a listen. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, mate, thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem at all. Everyone, check out Freddie's stuff. Um, give us your Twitter handle, Freddie. My, and... my Twitter is at fred.w. I'll basically be tagged in everything that Poppy News now does. So if you see something from them, you'll be able to find me. Easy enough. But just give give Freddie a, a follow anyway, because he's, well, he's insightful, as you can tell, from listening to his podcast all the way through. Much better than following me, but don't <laughs> follow me because I need you to follow me. <laughs> Otherwise, I feel really unloved. <laughs> thank you very much, Hugh. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Always a pleasure coming on the podcast. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Cheers, guys. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now, available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!